0: Hi, I'm Brian Lay.
1: Hi, I'm Elizabeth Fisher.
0: And this is the Diversify Our Narrative podcast. Welcome back. This episode is on college majors, and hopefully it'll be a little informative, at least to our high school students that are listening, because I know I needed something like this going through high school and like. If I had something like this, I probably would have chosen different majors. Um, But yeah, we'll just kind of talk about all different kinds of majors.
1: Yeah, I'm excited. And we're recording this episode in 2021, but it's going to be out in 2022. And Brian and I are graduating this year. So hopefully we can uh, give some insight. I feel a little weird about giving advice (laughs) because like, who am I? But also I do think like going through um, college, you have some wisdom about what college is like so maybe this can be um some informational bits for people that are going in or going in within the next few years
0: yeah maybe some maybe like a quick context like i went to a liberal arts school that is also a research institution that also has like a business school and a public health school so it was like there were so many opportunities to take classes outside of my major and i think uh that was just great for like my development but like i know the new school is really cool and they just have like all kinds of classes so yeah what's your like thing there
1: so the new school is very the classes are amazing i feel like that was like my number one draw to the school itself we don't really have too much of the like sciencey mathy parts is very much an art mm-hmm. school Parsons is the art school that's associated with it which is like a super famous well known art school so there is definitely a lot of opportunities to take classes across schools um mostly in liber- liberal arts and arts and um drama and music and um social sciences um but yeah I think one of the things like going into college I was I guess like maybe. I didn't really know I didn't know what I didn't know, I guess, but like coming out, I've definitely like developed a lot of interests that I wouldn't have known that I had um, because I was taking diverse classes.
0: Yeah, for sure. Okay, so let's get started. And I think the easiest one to start with is STEM, because it's very much in the name. STEM is science, technology, engineering, math. And it's super straightforward because we learn STEM in K through 12 so we can we can picture what those classes look like in the future cuz we take them now. So biology kind of gets split up into a bunch of things. There's like general biology, microbiology, biochemistry, biophysics, cellular biology, etc. There's chemistry and physics. Those are ones you also know because you took those in high school. But there's also in the in the science area you can major in astronomy and meteorology and geological and earth sciences and ecology and zoology. And there's just so many different types of science majors, but it's also in the name. And so you kind of understand what those classes look like.
1: Right. And we've talked about STEM before in previous episodes. And the second letter is technology, which could be a whole host of different things. And I feel like that segment grows with time as technology develops. But there is health technologies, computer science, data management, information science and web page design. I feel like information science and data management might be a little unknown to some people, definitely like a little bit unknown to me, but that looks like understanding and shaping and visualizing large sets of data. Um, So if you have like a 20,000 pieces of information, like 20,000 people's salaries or different birds or different diseases, how can you turn that data into something that's useful? What kind of math will you use? What kind of algorithms work? How do you graph it? How do you plot it? Um, So that's what you're learning there. Um, Yeah,
0: I feel like uh one thing about college majors and in, as like education increasingly becomes more like pre-professional and you start talking about like data management and information science it just feels like a lot of these words are made up and so it's nice to have examples of like what what do you mean by managing data and so some courses that i took from a sample of um a data science major would be like a data exploration course where you're learning about regression and variance and clustering. And then later on, you may have data mining, which is about the collection and storage of raw data, and then turning that into something that you can analyze and interpret. And then later you can get into something like machine learning. So you're learning a bunch of different algorithms that uh, discover patterns in large data sets or like big data, where it's just like an unimaginable amount of data that you then have to turn into something manageable. Like if you had like a million pieces of data, that's not useful to anyone until a data scientist comes in there and turns it into something that you can actually look at.
1: Yeah, it's like being able to interpret the data create a story out of data i have taken a few classes in terms of interpreting data for my journalism degree and it's definitely one way that journalists find stories mm-hmm. is just sifting through tons of data and being able to parse out numbers look at trends or looking at outliers and what's the story behind that i feel like data is a really good starting point for finding stories from like a journalism perspective mm-hmm. Um, Moving to engineering, it's also pretty straightforward because it's a very practical career. There's automotive engineering, which is like cars, bioengineering, tools um, for body prosthetics. There's civil engineering, which is like roads, bridges, ADA compliant ramps, um, aeronautical engineering, which is like spaceships and airplanes, mechanical engineering. So that's like robots and machinery. And a lot of what you're studying is in the name of all of those things, like I just mentioned. Um, but what about industrial engineering?
0: Yeah. So like you can't engineer an industry and industry is this abstract business thing. Um, like you have the, the education industry and you have uh, the shipping industry. So that's like business. And that's kind of what it is, is you're studying how to optimize processes in businesses. And so it could be something as little as uh, you're working at a hot dog factory and you're trying to figure out how long it takes for you to make a hot dog. And then it's like taking too long and you're like, what step in that process is going slow? How can we uh, make a solution for that? Is that solution supposed to be more people oriented, like training people better? Or is it more machine oriented, like uh, mashing the meat in a more efficient manner? And so that's pretty operations heavy. And then you have more abstract things that can go all the way to you have uh, a bunch of boats coming into a port and there's a clog in the machine. And so you would hire like an industrial engineer to make that process more efficient and with less traffic. They're sort of the business people of engineering.
1: I feel like we could use many industrial engineers to figure out the shipping crisis (laughs) or whatever is happening right now like where are they we need them um and then the last letter m is mathematics which is um there's general mathematics and mathematics can be applied to so many different things like statistics um but math in college gets crazy it's not like what you were studying in k through 12 which I already thought was crazy by the time I got to like junior year. Um, There's discrete math and linear algebra, for example. And that feels more like computer science or engineering than math. And um, these math classes are super useful if you're going into machine learning or statistical analysis. And I feel like that speaks to STEM as a whole, like how all of these letters are like um, different fields are all mm-hmm. interconnected. So, like math and technology obviously go hand in hand. And then also with science and engineering, you kind of need all of yeah. the above um, to be good at one of them.
0: Yeah, definitely. So, that sort of brings into some average or some some stats that we should look at if you're considering a STEM major. Um, in 2018, about 35% of 25 to 29 year olds had earned a bachelor's degree. And that's pretty significant. They also have a higher average salary or, and a median annual earnings than other workers. Um, so like engineering is the most lucrative field of any major, not just STEM. And the median annual earnings of engineering majors is at or above $70,000. Um, the next highest is computer science. And so all that information is from the National Center of Education Statistics, but in a different finding from the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics, the median annual wage for someone working in STEM, and they're not just in their entry level, but they're like overall, um, their annual wage is about $89,800. Whereas the median annual wage for a non-STEM occupation is just over $40,000. So you could be making more than double what the average person is making if you just major in STEM.
1: Yeah, and I feel like we have mentioned this in past episodes when STEM is becoming increasingly pushed in K-12 education. Um, not only does it translate to like economic incentives and booms, but then we're also thinking about kind of like trade wars or information wars Mm -hmm. with different countries, STEM is like highly emphasized there as well. Um, A lot of STEM majors have a pretty clear path, like we said, but you can generally fall into three different pathways in terms of careers. So engineering, you become an engineer of some sort, computer science, a software engineer, or um, these are just practical examples. Meteorology, you become like a meteorologist. So it's a little bit straightforward if you major in something You're going to or at least like typically would pursue the career associated with that major. Mm -hmm.
0: And then the next one is like pre-professional. So a lot of STEM students are preparing for professional school. They're preparing to be a doctor or a surgeon or a PA. Um, And even though you don't need to be a STEM major to be pre-med or pre-professional, pre-PA, whatever, Uh, Most students end up majoring in STEM because it saves you a bit of time when you're preparing for entrance exams or you just don't want to take extra classes outside of your major because all those prerequisites are embedded into your major.
1: Right, that's a really good point. That's something that I didn't really think about is how, like, these classes could prepare you for the exams that you have to take, which is something that we've talked about. Um, also, being a STEM major can land you a job in research in, like, a biology lab or a chemistry lab. Maybe you're making, like, a breakthrough drug discovery or learning about ants or something like Mm -hmm. that um also there's research in computer science where you're creating a new machine learning software that can detect hate speech on social media for example so you can do a lot of research in engineering and computer science and all the different things involved with stem for engineering for example making like different architectural revolutionary building material for skyscrapers
0: yeah so that's stem i feel like that's easy um but the next one is not easy so we're talking about humanities majors i think we're splitting up humanities and social sciences so for just humanities uh some example majors could be uh philosophy or religion or theology Uh, or you could have asian area studies european area studies latin american north american ethnic and minority studies, African-American studies, etc. But the goal of this is just to have that qualitative analysis of more abstract things, things that inform our human experience, and it promotes critical thinking and analysis, creativity, and really great writing skills. Um, But what do you actually do in a class like African-American studies? You learn historical context, um, of what it meant to be african-american up until now you learn about theories and frameworks to help you understand that the position of said race or gender or ethnicity you learn sociological patterns so that you can actually put those frameworks into context um, so like why did people immigrate who were those immigrants where did they go what are they doing How did they get there? And those patterns reinforce those like theoretical things that you're learning. And then finally, you sort of like analyze and interpret a lot of text and data, especially written works um, from authors like James Baldwin or other amazing sociological writers.
1: Right. And here's also where you'll find English, history, foreign languages, um, the classics, comparative literature, and linguistics. Um, these are somewhat easy to imagine. They involve a lot of reading and a lot of reading comprehension. And often there's like an interdisciplinary approach to understanding the world through a specific lens of what you're learning so you're understanding worldly concepts through literature and english classes for example or comparing ancient greek philosophies to today in classic courses or through how language shapes our view of the world and linguistics
0: yeah humanities majors are cool they're my favorite people and so some some more stats for you. The median annual earnings of a humanities major of, as of 2018 is about $40,300. But new reports in 2021 say it can get as high as $54,000 a year. And unemployment is a bit higher, not st- statistically significant, um, because the average is about 2.9%. And on the high end, It's about 4.6% for English majors and 3.6% on the low end for history majors. But statistically, it's not that much more than the average unemployment rate.
1: And almost every humanities field has seen a rapid drop in majors. History is down about 45% from its 2007 peak, while the number of English majors has fallen by nearly half since the late 1990s. Student majors have dropped rapidly at a variety of different institutions, and declines have hit almost every field in humanities, with one interesting exception, and that's related to the social sciences. They have not stabilized with the economic recovery, and they appear to reflect a new set of student priorities, which are being formed even before they see the inside of college classrooms, and I think these numbers or that that decline um, reflects the incline in people's interest in STEM. Almost, mm-hmm. I think that balances out. Also, hearing that your wage, your average projected wage in one of these. Um, fields is half of what you would be getting in yeah. stem might affect your decision to major in one of these things
0: yeah especially in this super unstable economy that we're in right now um but yeah interestingly um a lot of recent liberal arts grads as many as two and five or 40 percent of liberal arts grads now work at an internet or software company and that's a staggering number um of liberal arts majors from schools in the top 20 wind up at tech companies in their first job, for example. So even if you're not majoring in STEM and you're going into the humanities route, you could still end up working a STEM job. Uh, But that sort of segues into typical jobs. Do you want to take on this nebulous question?
1: Yeah, I mean, because humanities are really meant to prepare you to be curious about the world and like see the world through the lens in which you're you're learning. So it really prepares you for any type of work. There's no typical path for humanities majors, teachers, professors, corporate roles in strategy and advertising, content specialists, editors, journalists, archivists, librarians, policy analysis, social workers, art directors, um, technical writers, web developers, solution architects, graphic designers, financial analysis, They're all examples of people who, um, may have studied humanities and probably benefited from it going into these positions. Yeah.
0: That so you talked about financial analysts last and I think that segues into business majors. And I'm a business major. So I could talk about this for hours.
1: Yeah. Take it away, Brian, because I <laughs> don't know anything about business, which is going to be my downfall. It's okay. So I'd love to hear what you have to say.
0: Well, okay. So I'll actually be talking about my business major for the month of January on my personal podcast, A Think or Two. So you can check out that in detail. But I think the core of this is that business is super broad because business is everywhere and it takes a lot of moving parts to run a business. So if you're a business major, you can work at a for profit, a non profit, a governmental entity. It really doesn't matter. You don't just end up in like corporate roles. I think that's the misconception. Um, so I'm going to put the all the majors in business into three buckets which are thinking, doing and math. So for thinking majors, it's like uh strategy, which is, you know, where you want to be and how you want to get there. Organization, which is who to hire, how to hire, how to structure who does what. That's like the HR side and marketing majors and that's like uh everything that connects you to the customer. So that's like advertising and branding and pricing and these majors strategy organization marketing they're super abstract uh super esoteric and because of that it's uh, and because it's all about trying to make the right decision it's just uh it's just hard to put these into like concrete things like most of my projects in strategy classes is a powerpoint because that's the only way you can visualize your thoughts to your clients um, so I do a lot of PowerPoints and an example of this could be your tasked with the question, what does diversity actually mean and how can I increase diversity and all the thinking that goes behind that is what the major sort of teaches you to think like or it gives you p- frameworks and processes to think through big questions like
1: that. Interesting. I feel like this is similar to humanities in a way, this thinking portion mm-hmm. in the sense of like it's like the way that you're viewing Or conceptualizing the world and like how to get to a different place or a better place. I think like, is that true? It like shapes this form of comprehending and seeing things and thinking about things.
0: Yeah, definitely. It's just a little more applicable. Like the questions that you're answering are things that you can actually do within like six to 12 months versus like a generation of change makers. Cool. So then there's doing, which is like the operations. And I'm going to throw some words at you and define them. Operations is your day-to-day activities that the employees are actually doing. Management is how to lead and direct your workers. Information systems is what you're looking at that tracks all your work, so that could be Excel, that could be uh Salesforce or whatever system you want to use. And sales is how you're getting new customers and clients. And you can actually get really specific in the management area. So Uh, There are schools that teach things like tourism management, restaurant management, small business management. And Cornell University has an entire school dedicated to hotel management.
1: I was looking at Cornell University for some other classes. And honestly, like (laughs) it made me want to go back to school, just like looking through classes and majors, not back to school. I'm in school. But I was like, whoa, this stuff is so cool. That's like my favorite thing to do is parse through different like majors and classes. Yeah, definitely. When looking at a school. Yeah. Interesting.
0: Um, And then the last bit is math classes. So that's like uh, you can major in accounting, which is how you spent money in the past. Finance, which is how you spend money now and in the future. And investments, which is things that make your money grow. So stocks, bonds, real estate, etc. And everyone thinks accounting is super boring and it definitely can be. I personally dislike accounting. But accounting is a lot like detective work. So forensic accounting is a big uh, thing that people really want to end up going into because that's where people solve financial crimes and bust big corporations for misusing money. And you're following the paper trail and that's like your whole job. Um, And finance isn't just finance bros, but it's just managing money. So Nonprofits need to manage their money and grants. Public organizations need to spe- like uh, figure out how they're going to budget their money. So if you major in finance, you're not inherently an evil person. You can go do good things.
1: <laughs> there's definitely like that finance bro trope especially in New York where in there's New York. like so yeah. much. Yeah. <laughs> there's like okay, that's that's the finance bro like area or like those people are finance bros. But I always I do feel like there is so many reasons to jump to that defense because like I was talking about earlier with like data and crunching numbers like yeah data it can be interesting it's not my favorite thing to look at a data spreadsheet but once you start seeing trends or start seeing things that are like super sketchy that's when data becomes interesting I feel like that's when these numbers become interesting
0: definitely Um, the median salary for A newly graduated business major is about $50,600 for your undergrad. So it's not terribly higher than the average. It is below your STEM major. Um, And your unemployment rate is, there's a lot of variation between the different majors. It's very different if you're a finance major versus a, uh, a marketing major. But the overall rate is somewhere between 38 and 4.2%. Again, not super statistically significant than the 2.9%. The underemployment rate. So underemployment is when you're working below your you know, what you could be doing. Um, and your work is just a little too easy for you. It's usually above 50% for business majors compared to an average underemployment rate of 42%. And I say all this. But I'm going to contradict all that by saying the top majors in demand in 2021 are finance, accounting and business administration. And then fourth is computer science. So it's like you're in demand. You're just not being compensated a lot, at at least compared to computer science majors and other STEM majors.
1: Interesting. I know I have like family friends who the parents of the family, they push minoring in business for their mm-hmm. kids. They wanted all of their kids to study what they wanted to study, but have a minor in business because these skills are so relevant and obviously so in demand. But also, you know, having something to pair your business strategy with can also be a great tool. I think that's like a really smart thing to do yeah. is minor in business if you have a business oriented mind or even just to like learn the business side of things. Like I said, like I really don't know too much about business, but I think in terms of I keep going back to journalism because I am a journalism major, but understanding the business side of any anything, like of any topic is so vital to just like understanding what's going on. Yeah. And so I feel like having this business mind is like super important. I'm not gonna say like if I would have done it again, (laughs) I'd get a business minor, but I do like regret kind of how ignorant I am about some of these topics. Um, But it is interesting hearing you break them down because like you do know maybe like where to source this information or at least how to even comprehend like what business majors are learning about.
0: Yeah, definitely. And, you know, I won't go over the typical jobs because it's so straightforward. Like if you're an accounting major, you go into accounting and you can kind of rinse and repeat. Um, But I will say that There are options to go into business research. So you can research about organizational behavior and like uh, power dynamics between employers and employees. Um, You can go into consumer trends and like, why are people buying Tide laundry detergent so much? Or um, you can even go into nonprofits and governmental entities. Um, I know a big thing that is sort of, changing the business world that is not getting as much like press is like sustainable business majors. Um, A lot of places like Harvard, Emory, Stanford, they offer classes that are like about B corporations and benefit corporations and uh, social impact accelerators. And this like other side of business that is like this super niche group of people trying to change business and like make the market actually work again instead of be controlled by these monopolies and corporations. Um, And you learn about co-ops and that's like where I study. So I study uh, a lot of things in the coffee industry, in um, workplace diversity, in uh, co-ops and dismantling monopolies and oligopolies. So there's a lot of freedom in the business major. If you go to a good school with good offerings that actually talk about that and don't make you a corporate slave.
1: Yeah. Do your research. I think (laughs) about the school that you're going to look at the classes, look at the majors. Um, I would say about the new school in Parsons. I know like a lot of the art majors are paired with this like business mindset. There's a lot of like entrepreneurial stuff that's going on with mm-hmm. i mean i don't know too much about it. i don't go to parsons but i know that that's also something for art majors to have in mind because like it's one thing to major in art and get these technical skills um from like a great institution but also like how do you market your your work how do you market yourself which increasingly i feel like is very very important maybe it it always has been but i just feel like With the things that are changing in technology in our society, like being on that beat is super important. Yeah. Speaking of art, we can move on to the art field, which different than business. But like I said, like the two definitely speak to each other and should speak to each other. Um, the three most common branches of art are visual arts, performing arts, and literature. But the first two um, are often used in referring to the masters or bachelors of the arts, which is what you would usually acquire as a degree when studying art in college. Um, and that's a BFA, which you may have heard of, which is a bachelor's of an art of the arts, or an MFA, which is the masters of fine arts.
0: Yeah, and the subjects that you can major in are uh, can be super broad, but It's also somewhat specific in terms of the medium. So there's sculpture, printmaking, illustration, painting, architecture, photography, computer animation, art history, film, fashion design. These are all in the realm of visual art.
1: And film majors can come with um, the same title as other fine art degrees, depending on what kind of university you attend. And then some universities are dedicated to film and film production. Um, But students, like I said, can receive degrees in subjects like film from liberal arts colleges. And that's the same for art histories degrees, too. You can receive those often from liberal art colleges as well. And those would translate to like working in museums or galleries or at art auctions. Um, And this art history, I guess, as well as film would also mix with subjects like business, finance and history that may be offered at liberal arts colleges as well. So there's a lot of art majors um, that intersect with liberal arts, business, all the things.
0: Yeah. And similarly, so we'll, we'll look at performing arts degrees. They're generally practice-based, which is like the actual performance, or academic, which combines practical work with analysis of the background or the subject. Uh, Universities may offer dedicated degrees for each of the main three branches of performing arts, which include music, dance, and drama.
1: Um, And because the field, like we said, is broad in terms of careers and majors, but the careers and majors are relatively specific. The average income varies greatly depending on what kind of art you partake in and can vary widely depending on factors such as education, certifications, skills, the number of years you spent in the profession, recognition, connections, and so on. I guess this is true for majors across the board. I feel like with art, recognition and connections is very important in terms of increasing your salary because art typically doesn't generate a lot of profit on its own in comparison to other majors.
0: Yeah. Your value of your art is connected to your social capital. Super totally. interesting. Totally. Um, the average yearly salary for someone pursuing fine arts is about forty five forty thousand five hundred dollars for commercial art and graphic design. That number is forty eight thousand one hundred dollars. The average working musician earns about $35,300 annually from their music career, and that counts income from a variety of sources, uh, and that's according to Output.com. And then finally, a dancer's salary is around $36,500, and that number is similar for actresses, actors, and those in theater.
1: But… That number is different than someone studying art in terms of, let's say, like architecture. For example, an architect's salary in New York typically falls between 65 Um, thousand and seventy six thousand and the average salary for a graphic artist usually falls between fifty four and seventy four thousand art historians and curators make around fifty seven thousand according to salary.com and the u.s bureau of labor statistics
0: yeah and typical jobs would follow accordingly with the majors so if you're an exhibition artist uh or, uh, or you're in arts administration or photography or uh, a teaching artist, architect, graphic designer, art, di- art director, fashion designer, graphic designer, you probably studied those things. Um, You can also work in writing art criticism or art conservation.
1: So there's also like so many jobs in film. I always think about how many different people it takes to make a movie from obviously those who are acting in it. But there is like the lighting, the scoring, costume design, screenwriting, makeup, editing. I'm sure there's a thousand invisible like Mm -hmm. little things that go into creating film. And this is true for For dancers as well, there's often live performances to take part in, movies, TVs, commercials, always opportunities to teach dance too. So depending on your interest, your skill set, it's going to take you in a variety of different routes, and you may know that going into college, what you want to do. You may know that after college, and also I feel like majoring in, let's say, like film or going to a film school, you probably acquire a lot of different skills to do a lot of different things to be able to do. Um, a variety of different things when it comes to creating a movie for example
0: definitely credits are long for a reason yeah <laughs> um, and then design is needed everywhere and, and there's no way to do justice to all the professions that require design but there's design and visual communications especially in the realm of digital design that's super important more important than ever um, there's fashion design product design industrial design interior design design is everywhere
1: yeah. My, my degree is called like, or like what I'm studying is called journalism and design. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I feel like, I feel like the new school just like pops design onto the end of every <laughs> major's name. <laughs> um, but uh, it is true that like having a design, just like having a business focused mindset, like having a design focused mindset is super important in the world of like social media. Yeah. Even if you're not studying something that's like design based like interior design or something um, and then at parsons there's a major called strategic design which gives students the entrepreneurial and management side of design and the design aspects of business i don't really know so much of what that means but that's kind of <laughs> what i was referring to earlier um and each of these design oriented majors and careers opened the door to an entire industry of jobs
0: yeah you can also do research and things like uh, Uh, In music, you can learn about musicology or ethnomusicology, which is how music and culture exchange and engage with each other, Um, learning about pop media and how pop music influences society. So you can also go into research. But segue into a very research-heavy field is social sciences. Uh, What kind of majors and degrees can you get under the realm of social sciences?
1: So here is like where you're going to find um, legal studies and court reporting, so like pre-law, legal administra- administrative assisting, um, secretarial and paralegal work, anthropology, um, criminology, economics, geography, history, international um, relations and affairs, political science, psychology, social work, sociology, urban studies, and urban affairs.
0: Yeah, social sciences explore how people interact with others and their environment, and it can clearly be done a lot of different ways. As mentioned before, social science does correlate with humanities, but it focuses more on the quantitative analysis. These majors open doors to a broad range of professional fields, including business, communication, education, law, medicine, politics, and psychology, and most careers involve working with others in some capacity.
1: And group programs here develop um, analytical and critical thinking and research skills. Um, interpersonal communication, presentation, and writing abilities are super important in these professions. For instance, social workers often interview their clients to assess their needs and understand, and they need to understand human behavior in order to make the most sound decisions.
0: Yeah, I I feel like some of these things, because you just don't have exposure to them in high school or in public education, it can be hard to really figure out what you're learning. So they all have to do with people interacting with society. An example could be uh, economists and how they're studying how society uses resources, including financial resources. Um, they combine social science with mathematics to understand economic policy. You could also study anthropology, which the tagline is the study of humans. But like everything, is a study of human behavior. So it just means all the all the things that go into maybe development or linguistics. It's a very intersectional major. Um, It talks about how people and religion interact with each other, maybe gender and language and all those things that go into making us human. Um, And then you have sociology, which is like a very quantitative approach to understanding social patterns or power dynamics or other things that make an actual society
1: right and I feel like we said this is related to humanities and like a lot of these different things kind of overlap in terms of what we were talking earlier and humanities once again like viewing through a lens of seeing the world and um adapting your profession or your way of thinking to not adapting but maybe learning how to see the world through these different um these different majors I guess through these different ways of learning and thinking um but also I feel like with Social science is more so than maybe humanities, like these skills and the way you're learning are applied to the work that you do as opposed mm-hmm. to being like theoretical frameworks. That's certainly true too, but it definitely, I feel like, is applied when it's put into work. For example, like political science, if you're going into like political strategy or something, that's something that you're going to obviously like apply that framework to the work that you're, you're doing. It's not only, you know, a lens to see yeah. things through.
0: Definitely. Um, average income here depends on the profession. So someone that holds a bachelor's degree in economics makes about $64,400 a year on average. Someone in poli-sci or government makes about $50,600. Um, sociology is about 43000 Criminal justice and psychology around 41000 And social work slash human, uh, human services make about $40,500.
1: Once again, like half of what you're saying in STEM and those other industries. Um, But
0: it's around the national average, so... I encourage people to study. Oh, yeah. I totally (laughs) am
1: not discouraging. I'm not saying, like, go for the gold. That is not what I'm saying. I'm just saying, like, in terms of where we place value, I think it's important. Like, as a society, like, what is more valuable? And obviously, there's reasons correlated with that. I am by no means discouraging (laughs) anyone from studying social sciences or humanities or art. That's what I'm studying. Um, Not so sure where my career path is going to (laughs) lead, but um, I do think that these are incredibly valuable and i think like the more people with this like human-centric approach to the world i i think it's a good thing
0: yeah what i'm hearing is we should pay these majors more
1: yeah that's what i'm that's that's (laughs) totally. i agree (laughs) i agree
0: um okay so moving on to the realm of agriculture and environmental studies typically this involves things like agribusiness operations agricultural business management agricultural economics mechanization production Um, Crop science, animal sciences, food sciences, horticulture, uh, natural resource conservation, environmental science, forestry, all that good stuff about the world and the earth.
1: Yeah, an example of what you'd be learning in these courses is the technical and scientific knowledge for careers in areas such as food production systems, or how to evaluate the effects of climate change on food security, and about policy related to agriculture and sustainability. You may also study biology and the growth and development of plants, or how to use plants for food, fiber, landscapes, and environmental remediation. I think like it's important to understand that these, like, it's not just farming per se, Mm -hmm. not that there's anything wrong with being, like, working in agriculture in that sense, but you're really studying, like, how the food chain is affected by the environment, how the food chain affects our world, how they're all interrelated, and I am a food studies minor at the new school, and I feel like for me living in New York City we don't study so much the there definitely are environmental classes to take but I think the focus is often more times like looking at a big picture instead of like getting your hands dirty and really understanding what's going on um, on farms and things like that I feel like mm-hmm. I'm removed from this kind of learning uh, but I know that the food chain is obviously so vital to every single human being's well-being and I feel like people don't Take time enough to think about that. And there's so much research and so much, so many people involved in this industry. And I think it's super important. I think a lot of people would write off agriculture or food science as an, like, as a major to take part in, but it's so much more than, so much more than those words I feel like imply.
0: Yeah. We're, we're like in a shortage of farmers. Um, and I know, like, in my business courses, we met up with a, um, farming co-op that is all about you know paying farmers well because they're like part owners and there's so much stuff here that you can learn about even if you're not even if your school doesn't offer this sort of study, um, it definitely intersects with pretty much everything because we eat food everyone eats food um, according to environmentalscience.org, the average annual salary for envir- environmental sciences According to EnvironmentalScience.org, the average annual salary for environmental scientists was $80,090 in May 2020. Those working in pipeline transportation and natural gas distribution earned the highest salaries at about $108,000, and environmental scientists working in management, scientific and technical services made about $82,000, while those working for local government made $73,000 and state government make about $70,000.
1: Right. And I think I, I just went into a, like a tirade about like food and agricultural production. But then there's environmental science that doesn't necessarily deal and food. It's more like a biology perspective, a conservation perspective, a wildlife mm-hmm. perspective. Um, typical, typical jobs in this industry may include becoming a nonprofit program director, coordinator, or staff member, or community development professional organizer advocate, a city, state, or federal agricultural representative or policymaker, um, a B Corp staff member, a fair trade, um, a food services manager, um, a food advocate or an environmental advocate in public sectors, working in food education, curriculum development as a farm educator or as a research associate.
0: Yeah. As someone who studies environmental science more broadly, you may find yourself working as an environmental lawyer, environmental policy, planning and management, a zoologist, a horticulturist, and ocean- oceanographer, a meteorologist, a microbiologist, ecologist. You could work in uh, remediation efforts for sanitation companies. You can even do stuff like helping with certifications. I know we talked about the B Corp certification. But something like organic, for example, doesn't mean anything. And there's a huge movement in the farming industry to try and find a certification for regenerative agriculture and like actually agree on a definition that is actually regenerative agriculture. So you could even go into certification and managing,
1: yeah. There's so many. There's so many jobs here, and so many vital jobs to literally save our planet. Mm-hmm. Um, I think like the importance of this work could not be, um, cannot be overemphasized. Really,
0: yeah. The last thing we'll talk about before we talk about ourselves is vocational education, and we've mentioned in the past. Uh, you know, a vocational degree is an academic certification certification that awards students who have completed degree requirements for a specific trade or career. And they're popular because they require less time to complete than a traditional degree program. And upon completion, the student is able to begin working in the field.
1: Right. Vocational training can be accomplished through many channels and at various points in someone's career and often take less than two years to complete. It could even take several months, depending on the skill and the program some different resources for receiving vocational training could be high school career technical education programs tech prep education post-secondary vocational school apprenticeship programs on the job training um, continuous development military training and distant learning programs
0: yeah and before i continue I just want to remind everyone that we are in a trades crisis and we are missing a few million workers that should be working in trades. So if you're thinking about this and not really feeling college, definitely go for it because we are missing the people. Um, Attending a post-secondary vocational school is typically required in trades like cosmetology, massage therapy, carpentry, culinary arts, auto mechanics. Um, and Other things that may require post-secondary training could include bookkeeping, home remodeling, computer programming, dressmaking, pet grooming, photography, daycare management, court reporting, um, and a lot of these degrees can be acquired through online distance learning programs.
1: Yeah. And also I would add to your earlier comment, Brian, is if you're struggling to find a job after graduating from college, this is also an option too. I mean, obviously these programs do cost money, but oftentimes significantly less money than going to get your master's or like going to grad school or something like that. And working in a trade could be super fulfilling if it's something that you're passionate about. Could also lead to like a small business opportunity, opening your own business. Um, Many trade schools focus obviously on a specific career or industry, um, and this kind of builds on all the careers that we were just talking about, but some vocational schools include mechanical and automotive schools, business schools, culinary schools, art and design schools, cosmetology cosmetology schools, education programs, healthcare schools, um, legal and criminal justice schools, real estate schools, technology schools, and travel and tourism schools.
0: Yeah, and the military offers a few vocational programs for enlisted invi- individuals to prepare them for advancement in their military careers or transitioning into civilian careers after enlistment. And the goal of that is to aid enlistees in making a smooth transition to an occupation outside of the military.
1: Right, and a typical vocational degree may lead to jobs such as becoming a technician or a plumber, electrician, a respiratory therapist, a dental hygienist. Um working in massage therapy, all of which we've been naming before. There's like a plethora of jobs that oftentimes are well-paying. For example, Mm -hmm. like the national average salary for an electrician is $60,000 according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics. And for a dental hygienist, it can be $77,000. Obviously, these numbers are going to vary from state to state and it's going to vary depending on like maybe the experience or where exactly you're working. But these are these are good numbers. These are are good good jobs in comparison to some of the others that we were looking at. I know my, um, and like you said, like a shortage in trades everywhere. I feel like I know this is like kind of a random and maybe a more fun example, but I have my relatives own a, dog grooming shop in Seattle and there is like a lack of dog groomers <laughs> there's a yeah. dog groomer crisis and <laughs> it can be super lucrative especially if you're working somewhere um I mean like imagine like I don't know I know like my family gets our dogs haircut more than like I get my haircut yeah. and um people pay a good money for their dogs um so if you're thinking about something and you like dogs <laughs> that's a career to consider I know like my uncle has been training a lot of like high school students because he can't get like other people to really come in, and so there's these high school yeah. students making like making like thousands of dollars in high school, like a whole salary wage that we've been naming. It's crazy.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, plumbers and estheticians and all these tradesmen are you can easily make six figures a year, um, all without a college degree, a traditional college degree. Um, I I think one interesting idea. That I've talked about with some of my friends is how medical school and law school, they're like vocational in nature, you know, like you're being trained to do your career and really nothing else. There's not really opportunity to explore like that. Um, But we don't call them vocational. And I think if we were to reframe vocational teaching into something that is like, oh, you're learning something to do your career that is as honorable and as prestigious as medical school if you go to, um, you know, a technical college, then it's it could help with the trades crisis and it could just help with you know, destigmatizing these careers when we've been in such a college push the last few decades.
1: Totally. I agree. I think that's a super interesting conversation to have. I think we've talked about, like, the crazy exams and the crazy cost of medical school and law school, too. Mm -hmm. My fear would be, like, creating vocational school and making it, like, a bigger, like, a bigger ask for people financially and time-wise. However, my hope on the other end of that is it could also destigmatize isn't the right word, but maybe like lessen the ropes in terms of medical school and law school in terms of like yeah. what it takes to get those degrees as well.
0: Definitely. Okay. So we have five minutes to talk about how we picked our major. Do you want to start?
1: Um, I, yeah, I don't want to like go too crazy because honestly, I feel like I didn't know anything. Like, I mean, I yeah. definitely did my research, but I didn't know Anything I feel like about myself, that's maybe a better way to put mm. it going into college, maybe not anything. But I knew I liked to write and I decided journalism mm. was the way that I wanted to do that. Reflecting, I don't know if journalism was the best way for me to like express myself as a writer. I'm not in love with the journalism industry, actually. Like, I really mm-hmm. don't like it so much, but like, I wouldn't have known that and I wouldn't have been able to think critically about it had I not studied it for journalism, being like a humanities, liberal arts major has definitely shaped the way that I view the world and information. And because you learn about so many different things as a journalist, you're really studying what you're writing about, which could be anything. Yeah. Um, I have really picked up on things that I've found super interesting that I had no idea I would at the beginning of college, such as like education, for example, or criminal justice or AI and technology and algorithms. Um and if I would have known those things going into school, yeah, I would have taken different classes. But I don't really look at that as like regret. I look at that as like, it's so cool that I was able to like open my mind to these different interests, having yeah. taken the courses that I did. And I think maybe that's a perspective that I would encourage people to have is go into school curious and study maybe what you want to study as an 18 year old, as like going into college, what you find interesting and use that as like a lens to be curious about the world and then reshape your class schedule from there based off the curiosities that you develop as you progress through school. Yeah. Um, Yeah, what about you?
0: (laughs) I I love that. I mean, I think that's such a healthy way to look at your major because it can feel like such a daunting decision. Um, When I was going through my fall semester freshman year, I was pretty set on being a business major because I knew my school offered business and society courses and that was like a a way to study social change that wasn't rooted in theory and stuff like it had that but it was based on like how can we actually make that change in the next like year five years ten years Um, so I knew I wanted to do that and then I got really lonely and I was like I gotta find people that are not business people because business people are a drag. So (laughs) I went, I found like my music friends and then I ended up majoring, picking up a double major in music. Um, But I would say the same thing, like especially your freshman year, fall and spring, like learn whatever you want to learn because like college is so much broader than high school. If you're ending, if you're going to go to college Um, and you may be writing about your prospective major as you're applying to college but that doesn't mean you actually have to take that route, you know. Like, I think a lot of colleges know that high schoolers coming into college are going to be lost. Um, so really, take whatever. Like, especially if you if you really want to, um, if you're into educational equity and you're listening to the podcast, like, take a class in anthropology or in sociology, or take a woman gender studies course, um, take a race and ethnicities course. Like, take whatever you want it's only one course and it could potentially change the rest of your life forever yeah
1: totally i think i think classes and are such a good way to sample what you're interested in and it's not committing to like any major or anything definitely um i definitely have gotten so much out of taking classes that i didn't necessarily know i would be interested in i took an art history class my sophomore year that was like incredible i learned so much um not even about art history, about like the world. (laughs) Like I learned so much about um, so many different things. And also, yeah, I mean, I would encourage everyone to take a food studies course. I think (laughs) people like laugh at it as like a major, but um, I definitely have learned so much about I think you can get like super meta with food studies in terms of like colonization and how that's affected different countries and learning mm-hmm. history through food, learning about climate change. Um, I'm just trying to like push food studies as a very important, serious, interesting way to learn about things. And stuff definitely yeah. super intersectional. Um, I think
0: everything is super intersectional. Like, totally. If, everything if is everything. Yeah. Like, like I was saying with music earlier. If you're just a music major, but you still want to know how um, colonization really affected the world, you can look at it through a music lens and take an ethnomusicology course. My last bit I'll say is if you're pre-something, like I'm pre-med, I'm pre-law, and you feel like you're unsure about it, try and take something that is uh, evocative of what you're actually going to be taking upon graduation. So like I'm taking a law class right now. And I would say half the kids that went into that class that were pre-law ended up hating it, and they know that they're not going to like law school because it was taught law school style, like Socratic style. You get cold called. Um, you have to know all these cases and all these judges and, and uh, law theories. And I ended up loving it as a non-pre-law person. I am highly considering law school because of it. So yeah, try, try, and, try and do that. Try and sneak your way somewhere in your four years into a, into a graduate course or an MBA course or a law school course.
1: Totally. I have like a few more things just to say is like, I think like <laughs> what you were saying, I mean, there's so much, but I think that what you were saying about like so many kids like don't like that class. I wouldn't look at that as like a negative thing if you're coming out of that class and being oh, yeah like, oh my god I hate it like you're learning so like you're learning that you don't want to spend your next however many years going to law school like that's a takeaway and yeah. just because you don't like it it's not a waste of time per se you're saving um, two hundred thousand yeah, dollars by finding yeah, it out now <laughs> so exactly exactly so I think that that's really important and I would also just say in terms of if you are going into colleges, look at the majors. It's fun to look at the majors. Look at the classes. Look at the professors that are teaching these courses. That's Mm -hmm. a super good way to learn about a school. I mean, we've talked about doing your research in other ways in terms of like land-grant universities or um, the economics of a school. But like this truly is my favorite way to learn about different schools is their offerings and their professors and their commitment to what they're going to be teaching their students. So, that's a takeaway and absolutely do not write off vocational learning whether it's pre going to college if you don't want to go to college or it's after going to college keep it in mind yeah
0: definitely okay cool Cool. we're gonna get off our soapbox and pass it on to to future you to talk about the book segment
1: For the book segment this episode i wanted to offer up a novel which i feel like i haven't mentioned in a while i'm looking forward to reading a lot over winter break especially of fiction i feel like i've missed out a lot on reading fiction books this semester so one novel that i read a long time ago a few years ago but it still sticks with me in a very visceral way and is a relatively easy read is the book there there by tommy orange Um, The book follows 12 characters from indigenous communities, and they're all traveling to the big Oakland powwow, and they're all connected to one another in ways that they may not realize. So the chapters shift from perspective and characters and stories, but together all of the voices tell of the experiences of Um, urban indigenous people and communities grappling with complex and painful histories and contemporary issues. It also speaks to the inheritance and beauty and spirituality and communion sacrifice and heroism that these characters and communities um, maintain and reflect in the present day it's very contemporary and it's one of the reads that i find very unforgettable i haven't thought about this book in a while until looking at my bookshelf and considering reading it again over winter break so i would definitely recommend it it's there there by tommy orange
0: thanks for listening to the podcast you can find us on instagram at diversify our narrative or you can go to diversifyourNarrative.com where you can find resources educational content and more special thanks to feel the ambiances for our music and don't forget to rate five stars on apple podcasts or follow us on spotify